0: MCTV. The following presentation of the Midland City Planning Commission will begin in a moment.
1: The Midland City Planning Commission is responsible for overseeing the City's Master Plan, conducting public hearings, and offering recommendations to the City Council on a wide range of local land use issues. The Planning Commission consists of nine Midland residents who are appointed by the City Council. Planning Commission meets two Tuesdays per month at 7 p.m. in Council Chambers at City Hall. This presentation is provided by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland. Replays of this meeting can be found on MGTV Channel 188 on Charter Spectrum, through Channel 99 on AT&T U-verse, or on demand at www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Select meetings are available on MCTV Network's Government Affairs podcast channel.
2: Good evening, and welcome to this regular meeting of the Midland City Planning Commission taking place on Tuesday, May 10th. This meeting is called to order. Please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the
3: flag of the United States of America, and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
4: All
5: right. will you please call roll fields here decro here mayville here collinger here Seibel. here broderick here
2: bain here all right we have a quorum next item on the agenda is approval of the minutes from the previous regular meeting held on april 26th of 2022 any comments commissioners revisions
6: we approve the minutes from the last meeting and
4: all second
2: we have a motion and a second to approve the minutes from the last meeting on april 26th all those in favor say aye aye aye, aye. those opposed same sign minutes are approved uh, moving on in the agenda to public hearings we have one this evening that is zoning petition number six three eight initiated by peter posnack on behalf of Uh, Kristen and breed to rezone properties on West Main Street from R.B. multiple family residential to community zoning. And I believe you have the presentation. He's getting ready. Just a quick review of our process. We'll have a presentation um, from staff. Then we will invite the petitioner to come up and present. We will then welcome public comments in support of the petition, then public comments in opposition. We'll then provide the applicant the opportunity to come back up for final comments and rebuttal. Then we'll close the public hearing and do possible deliberation by the Planning Commission this evening.
5: first, So zoning petition number 638 um, from Peter Posnack on behalf of Chrisanne Breed. Uh, this is at 1320 and 1400 West Main Street. The area is approximately half an acre or just over half an acre. And this is a proposal to Change these properties from Residential B, Multiple Family Residential Zoning, to the COM Community Zoning District. As you can see on the screen, this is the subject property, 1320 being the most eastern property there, and then 1400 West Main Street being the one um, further west there. Um, You can see to the east here is Dahlia Hill, uh, it kind of wraps around the back here. And then single-family residence here and here, as well as a single-family residence further to the west. Emerson Park can be seen to the south across West Main Street, and then some more single-family residences to the east across Orchard Drive. Looking at the zoning for the subject property, currently it's RV multiple-family residential. To the north, we have residential RB, multiple-family residential, and then single-family residential to the north of that. Community zoning uh, directly adjacent to the subject property. Uh, This is Dahlia Hill, and then single-family residence uh, further east. Looking at the future land use, we can see high-density residential For the subject property as well as to the east or excuse me west Uh, public parks and recreation for the current dahlia hill um, and then institution and civic further east and then public parks and rec across main street there the community zoning intent Uh, The purpose of the Community Zoning District is intended for special public, quasi-public, and private uses that are deemed to have special community significance. Uh, Examples of permitted uses within the Community Zoning District are cultural facilities such as museums and art galleries, offices for charitable organizations, community centers, buildings and facilities, colleges and universities, fire stations. So during the rezoning process there is a list of criteria uh, required for review. Diving right in, uh, number one is the proposed amendment consistent with the city's master plan. Uh, Yes, the master plan states that private and public parks and recreation should be integrated into new and existing neighborhoods. Uh, The expansion of the existing community zoning district that applies to the adjacent parcels to the east. Dahlia Hill um, would further that goal. In 2012 a portion of Dahlia Hill property located at 2803 Orchard Drive uh, was rezoned to Community Zoning District. This zoning petition mimics that process. Uh, When the master plan was updated in 2018 um, this was intended to have a mixture of public parks and recreation uh, at the site as well as the high density residential zoning districts. Again, this action further exhibits an intent to recognize park use in this immediate area. As you can see, this is 2803 Orchard Drive um, and this is the updated future land use map from 2018. Number two, will the amendment be in accordance with the intent and purposes of the zoning ordinance? Uh, yes, the proposed zoning rezoning would promote the intent of the zoning code uh, through enhancing social and economic stability, um, facilitating adequate e- educational and recreational facilities, and the like, furthering the master plan the goals of the master plan. Uh, number three, have conditions changed since the, since the zoning ordinance was adopted that justifies the amendment? yes uh, current residential b zoning does not reflect the existing use of the property or the planned use of the property this change in zoning if granted will provide for the continued use and operation of dahlia hill and related uses again furthering the goals of the city of midland master plan number four will the amendment merely grant special privileges no this area is developed with a mixture of land uses including residential Um, and parks in accordance with the master plan. Will the amendment result in unlawful exclusionary zoning? Uh, No, this would continue a pattern of zoning consistent with the overall intent of the master plan and again, the surrounding areas. Number six, will the amendment set an inappropriate precedent? No, the land that is the subject of this rezoning petition is creating consistency with the intent of the master plan Uh, by way of changing the multiple family residential to the community zoning. Again, this recognizes and aligns more closely with the current and anticipated uses of the parcels. Number seven, is the proposed zoning consistent with the surrounding zoning classification of surrounding land? The proposed zoning is consistent with city planning. Again, this promotes historical and cultural resources provided in the community. Number eight is the proposed zoning consistent with the future land use designation of the surrounding land in the city master plan. Generally, yes, the adjacent property of Dahlia Hill supports these parcels as being appropriate for parks and recreation purposes. This location might be considered a transitional area between community uses and residential uses. Number nine, could all requirements in the proposed zoning classification be complied with on the subject parcel? Yes, Uh, the currently existing nonconforming single family residence uh, used as such, which uh, would still have the same existing nonconforming status. Um, And again, these parcels could meet all the community zoning requirements for new development. Number 10, is the proposed zoning consistent with trends in land development in the general vicinity of the property in question? Yes, uh, this area has been developing with a mix of uses, including a mix of residential and park uses. We have received one public comment um, to date, and it is uh, supplied to you there um, at your seats. So uh, staff recommends approval uh, based on the following. Uh, This is consistent with the master plan goals and continuing to promote the historical and cultural resources provided in the community. It's consistent with the goals and policies of the master plan that encourage the integration of parks and rec into new and existing neighborhoods. Um, It's also permitted uses in the community district will continue a pattern of mixed uses in the area. Uh, public services are able to support the continued use of these parcels within the proposed zoning designation Tonight is the public hearing for site plan number 638 um, if Planning Commission would like to uh, waive their rules of procedure they can make a decision or to recommend to City Council tonight as well They do that um, City Council we, we anticipate City Council will set a public hearing Um, on May 23rd, and then hold the public hearing uh, for June 20th. Anyone have any questions?
2: Thank you. James, go ahead.
6: Uh, This is more a procedural one uh, that uh, kind of relates to the note we got or, you know, that's in front of us, is that uh, is there, if we were to waive this to the next meeting, We'd have to vote based on information we received this meeting. Is that how that works? Correct. So in other words, kicking the can down to two weeks wouldn't really facilitate getting input to this. If they wanted their input, they'd have a shot at city council. Is that how I should look at?
2: Yes, um, although I think what we've done in the past is that if we've tabled this into our next meeting, it's usually because we're looking for a specific piece of information from the applicant that we haven't gotten. So if we're missing that. Um, yeah, we, we could I, mean, I don't
6: think I mean, I have some information I want, but I expect I can get it by just asking You know the people who are here tonight, okay, so I think that's uh, uh, Mainly what I have for staff other questions for staff
2: All right, I think we're all set Go ahead and open the public hearing I invite the petitioner to come up and present need to stay on the blue mat, name and address for the record.
3: Uh, My name is Pete Posnak. I have a business uh, office address at 143 McDonald Street here in Midland. Uh, I am an attorney. I represent uh, the Charles Breed Living Trust, who is the petitioner in this, not necessarily the current property owner, and I'll get to that, because (laughs) I think part of the uh, questions that that, uh, the Commission may have what is proposed to be done with this um, is ultimately what uh, a big question is. But to get to that I have to go back and provide a little bit of history. Um, Mention has been made of the gardens of Dahlia Hill at that corner. Dahlia Hill was incorporated in 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 1998. It received its property in the year 2000, and thereupon began the improvements that we see today. The neighboring properties at the time it was set up were either owned directly by or under the control of Charles and Esther Breed. The one to the immediate left, which would be 1320 to the west, was used by Mr. Breed, who was an artist, as his studio. During all the period of time that he was using it as his studio, he resided elsewhere. He was very interested in the arts, very interested in Dahlia Hill, and was one of the incorporators of Dahlia Hill. And I'm not suggesting that simply because of his name this decision should be made, but if you look at the history of the piece of property, you, I'll explain in a minute that it was Dahlia Hill was part of it, and as it has developed, with the uh, existence of the studio at 1320, then uh, part of what he wanted to do, supported by other members who uh, signed the Articles of Incorporation for an entity called the Equiline Museum, not to be confused with the current owner of 1320, and I'll get to that. As we sit here today, the museum is set up as a nonprofit corporation. The same legal mechanics as has been done with Dahlia Hill. And when Dahlia, as Mr. Breed developed and refined his art, and began to have more time for it. He began to use 1320 as his studio. It hasn't been used as a single family residence occupied by someone for it, since at least uh, the year 2000. Maybe even before that. I don't know the exact date that the breeds acquired that piece of property. Um, so shame on the breeds for con- having a studio, I'll, use, I'll even throw in the word commercial. I don't know how much he sold, but, but uh, shame on the breeds for not coming in and changing the zoning classification. It is, however, being treated currently by the city as a nonconforming use. The property to the west of that, 1,400, is a single family residence, has been used as a single family residence. It is owned by the trust at this point in time. And it is intended, will continue to be used as a single family residence. Now why would the museum want to have a single family residence next door to it? Or or why are we including it in the petition? It's included in the petition because at some point in time in the future, so now we get to what's gonna happen in the future. At some point in time in the future, the museum may wish to expand, may wish to use that as perhaps uh, offices, uh, classrooms for uh, education in the art. It could be, uh, but it's current planned use is continued as a single family residence and the benefit to the museum of having that is that the tenant pays rent it is a source of funding for the museum and because it is going to be a source of funding to the museum without getting into the details of it, that income is not 501c3 exempt. I mean, it's a a business, it's an investment. It's an investment that will allow the museum to perform its purposes. And should it occur, it will be a place for expansion of its purpose. And even if it is expanded in, the museum is expanded in its purpose to include that structure, Then before the the change of use occurs There has to be a site plan procedure So whether it's done Administratively or whether it is done through a more formal process To to convert it to classrooms or to convert it to to a place for lectures on art Then that's going to be part of the site plan review at that point in time now um, so that's what is going to go on with those things. Now, why are we here today, if the city considers this a non-conforming use and not not using the vernacular? The city isn't hasn't up to this point in time hassled the breeds over what's been going on there. Well. When I became involved in this in 2016, Mr. and Mrs. Breed were elderly. And as I'll explain in a minute, what often happens is that whatever memories there may have among the people involved, the city, the Breeds, Dahlia Hill, those memories not only fade with time, they go away. And so we're trying to make it right for the current use of with the intended use of both 1320 and 1400. And there is a connection with Dahlia Hill. There is a statement in Mr. Smith's report. That this change of zoning will allow for the continued use of Dahlia Hill and related uses. Related uses would be something that might apply if we look at the grand scheme of Charles Breed and Dahlia Hill to develop that whole, that whole corner. But whether this is approved or not approved, whether that becomes a museum or doesn't become a museum, Dahlia Hill as we see it today is not gonna be impacted. So to the extent that anyone on the Commission believes that in order to preserve Dahlia Hill, this new petition has to go through, that's not correct. Because Dahlia Hill is not the petitioner here. Dahlia Hill may be related. Dahlia Hill is a neighbor. But Dahlia Hill can stand on itself regardless of what happens today. And as we talk about how connected they've been, these these two uses among the overheads that were provided in the report might take a pretty good eye to see it, but there, one of the overheads, one of the sheets is called current zoning. And it shows the area, it shows hatch marks for these, the, these two properties. It then shows over to the east of that Dahlia Hill and its community as as community zoning. If you look at those overheads, you are going to see that the walkways associated with Dahlia Hill. Go into to a degree. The subject properties. Now, how did that occur? When Dahlia Hill, a a entity with which the breeds were instrumental in setting up. When Dahlia Hill began to build, between the parties, Dahlia Hill and the breeds, they didn't care where those sidewalks went. And that would indicate to me an intent that they be used to flow with each other. And also one of the reasons for this petition, not really for the petition, but for the formalities associated with with the use going forward, is that again, as memories fade, a part of the process of what we are going to be doing is we have drafted for consideration and and will present upon a site plan review uh, uh, for the property an easement agreement whereby the Equiline Museum, which would be the owner of those parcels, the hatched parcels at that time, allows those encroachments to continue to exist. It doesn't say an easement for further building. It doesn't say an easement for uh, expansion of Dahlia Hill across that area of the property. It simply says that those encroachments can remain. But should Dahlia Hill ever uh, discontinue the use of their property for its current purposes associated with the study and presentation of Dahlia's, then the easement goes away. So we intend to link these two properties into the, I'll use the broader sense, community usage. There are other things in the community district in addition to Dahlia Hill and what we're proposing to be the Equiline Museum, which are not owned by the community. They're owned by a private entity. Dahlia Hill is a private entity devoted to to its purposes. Equiline Museum is a private entity devoted to those purposes. And as we talk about the purposes, and this would be the purpose initially of the use of 1320. Let me read to you a statement in the corporate purpose filed with the uh, State of Michigan for the Equiline Museum. The corporation will establish and operate a museum dedicated to the education of the public in the art medium of plastic polymers through the collection, display, preservation, and exhibition of the work of Charles Breed and its philosophies and influences. Whether you are a follower of polymer art pieces or not, the point to be made is that that is the limiting factor for what will be done in the museum And to the extent that that the 1,400 changes from single family residents and is, quote, occupied or taken over by the museum, it will then uh, become part of the museum for the same purposes. And just as a final comment, I would go back the other way to looking at this issue. And that is that we have an rb zoning district where it is now it talks about high density single family dwelling units apartments condominiums townhouses i do not know whether or not any of the commission know exactly where dahlia hill and the breed properties are but i will indicate that there are topographical limitations in my opinion. I'm not a builder. I'm not an engineer, but as an outside observer, uh, I think there are topographical limitations on putting any high density, anything on these properties because the gradient from the street up to the studio, I don't know what the angle is, but it's pretty steep. And then likewise at the uh, residential, the single family residence, I don't believe the gradient is as much, but there's still quite a bit. And you may be getting 0.57 acres or whatever these properties combine, but for purposes of someone wanting to put a high density multifamily housing on it, you're not gonna get all of that acreage. Because it won't be available. And I think that means that it will not happen in the current zoning classification that someone is going to put high density things on that piece of property. If anyone on the commission has any questions, I'm happy to entertain them.
2: Thank you, Mr. Posnack. Greg, go ahead.
7: Yeah, I, I guess I'm confused. Who's the owner? <laughs> the the,
3: of the current, two properties? The current owner is we sit here today. The residential structure at 1400 is owned by the Charles Breed Estate, who has directions to transfer it to the trust, who has directions to transfer it to the Equiline Museum. The, The studio is owned by a, confusing name because it begins with Equiline. But when Charles Breed began using it as his studio, he formed a for-profit corporation called Equiline Design, which owns that piece of property.
7: Okay, so I don't know the process, but does the owner supposed to do these petitions? He's would, representing maybe one of them. Well, I think I'm we just have trying inter- to clear through this. I'm
8: not understanding either who the owner of the first property is, even after that answer. Oh, sure, know.
3: sure. Uh, if you look at the handout, the, the the overhead map that Mr. Smith gave you, there is the hash mark. Uh, there is a line running down the middle of that hash mark area. The one to the east or to the right is where the studio is, that is owned by Equiline Design Limited today. 100% of the shares of Equiline Design are owned by the estate of Charles Breed with instructions to give, with the instructions to give the property So that technically, what would happen is that because the breed estate owns 100% of the stock, it can then transfer it under the direction of the trust that owns it.
8: And you manage the breed estate, or do you? Pardon me. Do you manage the breed estate, or do you represent who manages the breed estate?
3: I my firm manages the breed estate.
6: Do so You have power of attorney then over the Breed estate. Well, I do.
3: We do not. I do not have, we do not have power of attorney. That rests in Chris Ann Breed, who is the uh, representative who signed the petition.
8: Okay. So it sounds like that's who we need to it, hear from. Well, yeah, okay. just to
4: clarify, Chris Breed is deceased.
3: Yes. Yes. Both Esther and Charles, oh, Charles. are deceased. Chris Ann Breed is one of their daughters.
4: And she's who signed the petition. And she's not here tonight, correct? Correct. Yes.
3: And
7: you represent her for both of these properties?
3: I'm I'm yes. We represent the estate and we represent the trust. Okay. Yeah. And 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 Equiline Museum through Chris Ann Breed as its current officer signed the consent to the rezoning that accompanied the petition. Okay.
4: Mr. Posnack, you mentioned, I believe it was 1400. West Main is currently being resided in and used as a single family home, is that correct? Who is living in that?
3: A tenant, I'm afraid I don't know the name.
4: So it's a tenant, so so if all of this transpires and if the use changes, then that tenant, obviously has tenant rights until that leases expired and then at that point in time they can do whatever they wish. Well, it's
3: broader than that. So long as it is used as a single family residence, it will be called, uh, it will be what's called a non-conforming use. Assuming that- It is that currently a non-conforming use as well. Right. Because single family residency is not permitted in the RB district. Right. And it would send, so the change of zoning to community would afford the use of that structure the same nonconforming status that it currently enjoys. So
4: currently nonconforming would be nonconforming with the proposed zoning petition change. Yes, and that's, that's in the packet. And all of that is all the same, it's yep. not yes. any different. Yes,
3: and, and when this tenant's lease expires, uh, Equiline Museum could re-rent it to someone else uh, for single family residential purposes.
2: Other questions for the applicant
6: yeah I was there yesterday and uh, as you mentioned there's stairs or a walkway going up from Dahlia Hill to uh, I believe 1400 and it looks like they're kind of like two buildings there one is looks like a kind of a visitor center for Dahlia Hill and then further back there's a there's a you know, more residents. Am I correct in that then? Um, yes. And it looks like that walkway goes to basically the backyard of the two residences that are at issue. Correct.
3: Uh, well, that walkway does not go to, or
6: it has unobst- gives you unobstructed correct. access to the backyard. Correct.
3: When you get to the top of the hill, yeah. and you actually walk off of the cement. Yeah. Where you are stepping will be that studio property. Right. Then there's no fences or anything. Yeah. So we're one to wanna look at, at the other buildings, you're free to do so, but currently they, are, they have no public uh, accommodations, the, the, the buildings.
6: Okay. Now has the entity that Dahlia Hill Uh, that that owns or manages Dahlia Hill, uh, are they consenting to this or are they weighed in? It's
2: Uh, not not a part of it.
6: Well, what I'm thinking of is that if they're gonna put a museum in that place, is where are people gonna park? And they're probably gonna wanna park in Dahlia Hill, right?
2: I agree with you, it's just before us right now is a rezoning Uh, petition for two very specific properties. So that's the scope of our, that's the scope of what we're doing tonight. It's just those two properties and the rezoning request that's in front of us.
7: Yeah, from multiple family to community. Exactly, that's it.
6: Yeah, and uh, another kind of related question, it looks like the offices are one of the buildings uh, that's, uh, it looks like there are a couple buildings part of 1400. It looks like one of them kind of overlaps into what zone community for Dahlia Hill. Do I read that right?
4: Those maps aren't usually exact. Okay. yeah.
2: But again, we're looking at two parcels, and yeah. we're looking at the use of those parcels uh, according to whatever, to according to what we've got in the zoning ordinance. So they're applying for it to be rezoned from uses that are permitted in RV or multiple family residential to community commercial.
8: Realistically, then, Dahlia Hill's not even in the, correct. we're not even considering. The
2: yeah. applicant, as he said, is Christine Green, which all of this eventually goes back to. Other questions,
6: James? Well, it, it, I th- I think we've touched on it, and it sounds like it doesn't make any difference. But their intent in the near term, if this gets the second property, the thirteen twenty, is rezoned in with an intent that it'll be a a rental property. We're still going from just one type of nonconforming use to another type of nonconforming use. Correct for for. Uh, both folks.
2: yeah we saw in the packet that it yeah. was said at the outset that the non-conforming use is going to continue and i think we see that yeah. in other places in the city and as he pointed out you know if, if and when they wanted to do anything to that site they would yeah. have to comply with the zoning regulations of whatever it is at that time right so specific for us is not necessarily that specific use but that potential use plus anything else that could happen there if we rezoned it Right, and if the property changed hands or whatever else it may be.
6: Are we more in
4: deliberation
2: right now? We're getting there. So. Yeah.
6: I, I think I'm done with my questions unless something comes up during the discussion.
3: Uh, if there's nothing further, I thank you very much.
2: Thank you very much. Welcome public comments in support of the petition. Public comments in support. Public comments in opposition to the petition. Name and address, please. Marty McGuire,
1: 2910 Valley Drive. Uh, weak opposition to the uh, to the proposal, with some real concerns. Uh, the concerns are: number one, it, it appears that we're rezoning something that is maybe in an inappropriate zoning to another inappropriate zone. Uh, it doesn't appear that that it really fits. In, in either zoning the, the immediate use uh, a couple of concerns if it is to be made community district if it we're, we're making it community district without really knowing what's going to happen there um, we're, we're being told that there may be a museum at some point but we're not ready to do that yet so is the rezoning really necessary at this point to go from one non-conforming zone to another non-conforming zone. The other uh, issue that the, the some of the neighbors have is community district that is not controlled by the community is, is somewhat up in the air as to what might happen in the future. There are several things that are uh, allowed in a community district that uh, if this were sold at some point could then be converted to a a different use, and and that's a concern for the neighborhood. Dahlia Hill is community district. Dahlia Hill is a small parcel. If the parcel, if Dahlia Hill is then expanded and made into a larger community district, other things that could go in there may not fit with the neighborhood. Those are the concerns that we have.
2: Thank you for sharing your concerns, Marty. Other public comments in opposition? Public comments and opposition? All right, we'll go ahead and invite the petitioner back up for final rebuttal and comments if they would like.
3: Yes, thank you. And this goes to uh, one of the questions that I fielded in my earlier presentation. Um, I think, or I hope, that uh, Mr. Smith will support me in the following proposition. The following proposition is it doesn't have to be the owner that it's the, is the petitioner. Very often, and I think the legal terminology is someone with an interest in the property. It frequently occurs, uh, and I'm sure you see it frequently, I'd be surprised if you hadn't, that a prospective purchaser of a piece of property will come in and ask for a rezoning. Mm -hmm. Well, we're not, that, that prospective purchaser is not the owner of it, That prospective purchaser probably has the owner's consent on file with the city, as we have with this, uh, these pieces of property. So there is nothing. There is no stretch of legal reasoning. There is no stretch of 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 trickery uh, associated with the trust and the museum not owning the property at this point in time. We wanna make it right before we irrevocably commit to transfers of property. Uh, We wanna make sure that it's right. Uh, Because it hasn't necessarily been up to this point in time. I would also point out that community district is kind of a misnomer to the extent that someone believes that things within the community district have to be owned by the community or have to be controlled by the community. Rather, it's a community district because it supports the type of uses we're talking about. So, uh, my reading of the corporate charter for Equiline Museum is just to tell you what the intentions are at this point in time. And I go back to if this doesn't happen and we go back to RB uh, uh, residential, the prospects of there being an RB residential use on that piece of property, I submit, are very small. Thanks Thank for you for the clarification.
2: We'll go ahead and close the public hearing and move into possible deliberation by the Planning Commission this evening. And I know we were straying into this already, so before we move any further, I need a motion to waive the rules and consider it this evening. Hearing none, wondering what the hesitation might be or the additional information that might be needed.
7: Yes.
6: Well, uh, and this, in my opinion, isn't something that uh, we'd need to hold up on, but uh, could maybe be addressed uh, as just a contingency, but uh, I'm not a lawyer. I don't think any of us are lawyers. I'd feel a little bit more comfortable if the city attorney would just kind of sign off that, uh, uh, you know, on who's, you know, that the, that, that the owners and the trusts and all that stuff uh, uh, have the authority to do this.
2: So, put that aside for just a second. Any other hesitations or additional information people would need before considering mm-hmm. it this evening? I move yeah. waive the rules of procedure and consider this tonight. All right.
4: I I second. Yeah, I'll
2: second that. A motion a second to waive the rules and consider it this evening. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, say sign. All right, we'll consider it this evening. So James, to your question, um, I'm assuming we can pass this off to uh, Ryan if he has an answer.
5: Yeah. Um, yep, uh, so the, it's, it's my understanding that the, um, a prospective buyer could um, apply to have a parcel rezoned.
6: Yeah, um, yeah, as long as there's consent by the existing owner, right?
5: Yep, um, and so <coughs> with Chrisanne Breed, yeah. signing off on the on the application okay um, yeah it's staff. so opinion.
6: ultimately that that would address that then right
7: yeah okay Okay, so the staff is uh, okay with this yes. going forward in the manner okay yes. yep that's all
2: I needed to hear yeah and I go back to to your point James I shared the similar concern but um, I think we heard it was a good point around like when we get site plans like we have engineering and design firms who are applying on behalf of the applicant um so yeah
7: Yeah. the my questions were really around because he said somebody was not the owner and i was very confused (laughs) (laughs) who's the owner who's representing who and what's Mm -hmm. going on so um as long as the staff is okay with this here we'll go forward with that
6: yeah
4: With the one being non-conforming use still fourteen hundred, it sounds like thirteen twenty would be turned into a conforming use, and it's in. You're saying no.
6: I mean, it's still single-family in an RB, right?
5: I think the intention is to eventually um, turn that into a a, a museum. Uh, as it stands right now, with it being a single-family residence, thirteen twenty as, as well. Correct. Yep. Same as fourteen hundred. Uh, those would be. considered existing non-conforming or or legal non-conforming. So that that won't change with this rezoning.
6: Yeah, Um. I mean My initial take on that is kind of still what I'm going with. That's a very irregular shaped parcel. We have precedent for uh, when uh, zoning requests are for adjacent properties and things are kind of, you know, borderline or transition to, and unless there's a, looks like it's going to create problems. Uh, you know, there's, I wouldn't say ironclad precedent for it, but we, you know, I've been involved in a lot of those kind of things, and this property is weirdly shaped, you know, and uh, so uh based on what i know and also the fact that just rb there just doesn't feel right anyway i'm comfortable with those two making a maybe more if not contiguous at least regularly shaped uh, uh you know application of uh zoning
2: we did something similar in 2012 as well
6: yeah so.
7: yeah i'd like to make a motion greg that we uh, recommend approval of zoning petition number 638 to the City Council. We have
2: a motion. Do we have a second? I second. We have a motion to approve zoning petition number 638 and a second. Mr. Smith, will you please call roll? All right. This is a recommendation
5: of support of zoning petition 638 to City Council. Correct. Fields? Yes. Tecrow? Yes. Mayville? Yes.
2: Collinger? Yes. Seibel? Yes. Broderick? Yes. Bain? Yes. All right, that motion is approved. Their next date is with City Council on May 23rd. That is correct, yes. All right, thank you very much for your time, Pete.
7: Mr. Chair. Yes, Craig. That's done there. But looking at the um, current zoning, can I make comments on, on this at this time? So I just wonder on the other side of Main Street, that's RB. Just something to consider for master planning, OK? Why? And then uh, what's left of RB with uh, another lot, just one third of it as RB and two other lots as RB, consider that in future master planning. That, those are my comments.
2: Yeah, it's a good point. And, um, we've done stuff we've done something similar in the past with kind of chapter updates right um but i know we're doing a full scale review at this point, right so
8: <laughs> kind, kind of okay.
7: along the lines of what mr bain had talked about
8: can Sarah? i make a comment also yeah. i'm not sure if this is like a procedural change but i just kind of am wondering if there's a um, way that we can highlight maybe in the original pre- presentation what the um, intended feature use is just because i think if the public has that information coming up into the meeting we could probably Allow people to feel more informed coming into it. Um, I've noticed that a lot of the opposition is usually just when they don't understand what that intended use is. And that way it's also clear if there is one or not. Because I think it's okay that there isn't always one. If it's just we know we want to develop the property, we're not sure how yet, but we know we need it to be zoned differently, I think that's okay. But I think just having that be a yes or no and then what that use is could be helpful to the public.
2: When you say intended use, you're referring to just more information about the zoning district that's being proposed or about Yeah,
8: I mean, even if it's if, if it's not like a intended land use, like we want to put this here, if it's even just an idea of what could happen, because I think we do a good job of explaining what's allowed, but I mean, that's like a list of 20 things, and I think people <laughs> typically want one or two. You know, they're like, well, we're definitely not going to put a. A park here we're going to put this but if we could maybe either say we do know what that is and this is what it is or we don't know yet but here's some options i think for public reason it could be helpful even when people don't
7: voting on the broader potential right yeah Mm -hmm. and
8: i don't think that our vote should change based on that i just think to educate the public better that could be helpful because i think what happens sometimes is the opposition that we get isn't because they disagree it's because they don't really understand what's happening
6: yeah I agree with part of that and disagree with the other. On this, I think it would have been very helpful to get my mind around if it had been pointed out that I just assumed this was an extension of Dahlia Hill, you know, and uh, that uh, I think would have helped with respect to intended use. That's a little tricky because uh, you know zoning tends to get locked in for decades. And uses change, and we are approving uh, any of the uses that are consistent. And, and going to the gentleman who lives on Valley, you know, he had the right perspective, I think, on that to the extent that we're not approving just maybe one, you know, uh, uh, low-impact uh, uh, museum. We're, we're, we're approving a, a spectrum of uses. And uh, we don't want to mislead the public on that. And the example that comes to me was uh, uh, I think years ago, they were thinking about putting a coal plant, you know, electrical plant in one of the areas. And yeah, it was one of the, uh, uh, you know, industrial zones, but people, uh, accepted that it was an industrial zone, but then, no, oh, no, no no, coal plant, and it's sorry. I mean, you know, it was zoned that way, if I recall how that came down. And, you, you know, the economics changed, and that didn't happen. But uh, uh, I'd be leery about, uh, uh, even if there is a, a, a very good idea of what's going in, initially, uh, things change.
2: Well, the reason why I asked Ariel is because um, intended use is not one of the 10 criteria that we're allowed right. to use in our evaluation. So I think you're right. It helps the public uh, from an upper standpoint better understand. And I think a lot of times we get that whether we ask for it or mm-hmm. not when the applicant true. presents. Yeah. But um, to James' point, to surgery. certain From our perspective as planning commission we have to consider the 10 criteria that are in front of us none of them are about the specific intended use all of them are about the full spectrum of uses that could be there even if the property changed hands so uh, but i think you're right that even that explanation if we continue to make it would be helpful to opposition Um, and just a better understanding about what those possible uses might be would be helpful too
8: that way we know we're getting like true opposition and not just a misunderstanding. Because sometimes it's like, oh, we have a public comment and opposition. Even that I think can have a connotation, sure. but then when we look at it and it's like, oh, I just don't actually know what they want to do. That's not really an opposition. Right. That's just a request for more information. Okay.
2: Right. Well, we had a concern this evening. That
8: was yeah. To that. Yeah.
2: So. All right. Uh, consider that old business. We'll move on to public comments unrelated to items on the agenda. Any public comments unrelated to items on the agenda? Uh, any new business? I'll open that up to the commissioners. Any new business or other topics we want to address at this time?
7: Yes, great. Not necessarily new business, but on the agenda sheets, it would be good to continue to have the uh, public uh, mm-hmm. comment process on each time on yeah. this, because once that gets lost off one of these. It'll carry mm-hmm. on and on and on, and it would be good uh, for a chairperson or vice chair that steps in if you're absent to have that in front of them uh, to be able to go through. I'm going to go back and check the tape and make sure what I rattled off at the beginning is consistent. Uh, <laughs> I've done it enough that I think about memorizing. Right, memorized, and, and but I'm, I'm right, step. right, Ted. If you had, if you <laughs> yeah. had to step in today, would go okay. What is the process?
2: Yeah, Ryan, right, I think that would be helpful as if we're able to include those. Used to be on there. because they go out to the public as well the aerials point yeah yeah we We will definitely make sure that that's included
5: on there
8: or we can just skip the parts you don't include (laughs) Uh,
2: any other new business from the commissioners all right uh communications i am seeing none correct right that is correct Uh, for the report of the chairperson um i know we spoke a lot uh, last meeting about um, the master planning process but also about the participation subcommittee as well so um, just wanted to ask the subcommittee if you've been able to meet, if there's been a chair elected or a vice chair.
4: We've just, Craig and I were talking about tonight. I'll put a I email I to out email? to the four of us to coordinate what that looks like. Okay. So, how Perfect that started today.
7: I would have done that, but I don't have emails of the other
6: people. <laughs> so I was
7: saying, does somebody have those? Because I don't retain emails, I just erase things as they come through. And that's something you uh, can provide us to as well, Ryan. Yep, absolutely.
2: Okay. And that's going to be you helping with that, Jamie. Yeah. Okay. So Ryan will help and make sure that you have
7: the You know, we'll do a missing. proposal for a chair and all of that. Uh, so it did not occur, <laughs> but it occurred to me that we, I needed emails of everybody. Uh, in order to do that and jamie said she could do that okay yeah i just
2: uh, i i appreciate that i as i've thought more about um things since the last meeting um i just keep coming back to public participation i think a lot of what um we heard last time was about different stakeholders in the community and continuing to engage them and um, i've heard a lot of good things from multiple people on this commission about that topic in particular but just in general about how we can drive more public participation in the master planning process but otherwise as well so um, and i mean we've <laughs> we've got an agenda item as we just talked about that is new business so um whether it's that or even the chairperson um you know as the committee continues to work uh, would love to you know obviously carve out some time to, to talk about some of these important things so uh with that i will move over to the report of the planning director Ryan. <laughs> um, <coughs> Not much to report. Um, the
5: urban three analysis um, that was part of the kind of master planning process, mm-hmm. um, kind of before Grant left, and kind of as I was stepping in, um, there is a final presentation for that that's ready to go. Um, I think ideally, city staff would like to see a joint presentation between city council and uh, planning commission. So uh, we'll be working. On scheduling something, um, finding availability with the Planning Commission and City Council. So uh, I would look forward to um, a poll of some sort going out to the membership um, asking for available dates for that, um, as well as, Brad, I think, uh, reaching out to City Council members to kind of get that scheduled.
2: Great. Um, and, yeah. uh, my. Corrected assuming that once we do get that scheduled, um, potentially even getting questions from commissioners ahead of time might be useful so that uh, the mm. consultants are prepared and um, might be able to address some of them during the presentation.
5: Um, yes, yep, yeah, okay. that, that would be a good idea.
2: And I'm, part of me way of saying that is that if you have questions now, I would encourage <laughs> you to be emailing them to Ryan. Yeah. So, because if this doesn't happen until like July, like wanna make sure that we don't lose track of those over, over a couple of months. Great. And then, uh, Brad, I think I was going to turn it over
9: to you as well, correct? Yep. So we'll uh, just give you a quick update sort of on on a few different things. Um, One, in the interim time, obviously, without a planning director seated, Um, Ryan is going to be your principal uh, staff liaison, so any communications from yourselves uh, should go through Ryan. And just recall, don't be getting amongst yourselves um, and skipping that process. Make sure Ryan's your go-to for that. Um, And then as far as uh, additional support, I'll be sitting in and participating and working with Ryan through this interim period of time as well, so the two of us will keep things moving, keep them coming forward to the Planning Commission uh, as needed. Um, We also have uh, an opening, and Ted, I know you're leaving the end of your term here, so we actually have two openings uh, on the Planning Commission that are coming up. Um, And so interviews have been conducted, and council will be considering a couple of applicants uh, for appointment on the 23rd when that comes back to them at that point in time. So hopefully we'll get you back up to full speed for the month, and then come July (laughs) 1st we'll have another switch over with a a, a new uh, appointee at that point in time as well. And then finally, relative to the, uh, the planning director's position itself, we have been um, working through applicants and we've been doing screening interviews. We have more interviews next week. Um, actually, the chair and I are gonna be sitting down to kind of talk about what a profile um, should look like of a new director and what things you as a commission might be looking for and getting that input from uh, from Andrew. And then we'll be sitting down, as I said, as, a, as an internal team um, next week to go through those and hopefully uh, identify somebody from those, those and we'll get them on board as uh, quick as, as they're available. So, and go from there. So, hopefully, not too long.
2: All right. Thanks, Brad. Any questions for Brad at this point? Any other questions for Ryan at this point? All right. We have one item on our next agenda, which is scheduled for May twenty-fourth. Uh, conditional use permit number seventy-six uh, up by Michelle's Montessori School. So that is our one agenda item for now. And uh, with that, I'm looking for a final motion.
8: I move that we adjourn.
2: We have a motion? I second. (laughs) We have a motion and a second to adjourn. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, same sign. We are adjourned.